0: Welcome, podcast listeners. It is Fret Talk number 213. twenty one three. <laughs> you are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. I think uh, this is a, this is a forecast of what's to come already. Uh, it's, it's pretty late. It's, it's yeah, very, that's my bad. Very, very, very warm <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm like a, a finely tuned sports car. I don't I don't. Uh, work well outside from my working temperatures. <laughs> I like to think that I'm a finely tuned sports car. I'm, a <laughs> I'm more like a bag of nails that's uh, being held together by duct tape. <laughs> um, but either either way, the uh, the above statement is true. So it's uh, it's episode two one three till podcast here. Host me, Mr. Pedal Chop You've already heard him. It's Mr. Matt Quine Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Oh, hey, he did the thing. I did the
1: thing. <laughs> woo, woo.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I see an SG behind you. What's uh? What's going on there? there. No, no, no. This one, like this white thing here. Oh, that thing. That's the the Epiphone that um,
1: the the neck fell off, and it's a bolt on, and not like the the non-bolt on is the SG 400. I think that's the SG 320 or
0: something. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, 310, I think it was Three t- it. W- Yeah, but yeah,
1: it's a bolt-on neck SG um, I think that was the second or third guitar I ever owned
0: yeah, um, I mean, it looks wicked from here
1: Yeah, so, like, it it was originally all white and then, the he- when <laughs> we when white. we bought it, it had a, the headstock was basically held on by the white paint yeah. So we, obviously it was a bolt-on, so you just unbolt that neck, get a new neck from eBay, bolt that on, and actually it plays alright, but, um it's just one of those guitars that kind of I moved away from yeah. and it just basically lived in its case for a few years and then I stole its case for this red SG that I spoke about in the podcast that's got the blends in because um, obviously it's an SG so it's fit in that case and it's just basically at some point I'll probably do it as a, like a project guitar because it's not really worth anything to sell because it doesn't even have the Epiphone headstock on anymore so and they're <laughs> only cheap guitars
0: yeah like the, the one bit of like almost pedigree, it's got it's has gone. So it's yeah, it yeah. is. It,
1: yeah, it's 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 not really worth anything. But like, I'm sure I could turn it into something pretty cool. But at the moment, it just sits on my bed and does nothing.
0: I mean, I, I do that half the time. I sit on my bed and do nothing. <laughs> I did that when I got home from work today. I put like a, uh we've got a, a like massive tower fan in the bedroom, and it was just so warm that I'd just put that on and just stayed, stayed there until until the rest of the family arrived and told me uh, they uh, had to move. Just
1: just to point out how observant you are, that's been there for four months and not moved. <laughs> well, there you go.
0: I mean... It's been in the background of every podcast we've done in the last four months when I've been on. There we go. That's uh, a <laughs> budget <you> pedal observance. <laughs> um, Maybe I'm slightly twisted and my chair's not in the way today. Normally it is, I don't know. I think the, the last couple of ones has been Lee as well, which means the the screen... Oh, so you one. get half, half the size. There we go. I mean, I, I can make a good excuse, can't I? Aye. Aye I, I, can. I think you're usually a, a bit further across as well, actually.
1: Possibly. I mean, I definitely am not... I may, might be twisted slightly like that, but...
0: Um, yeah, that's it. I there can, we go. That, that's the stuff. There you go. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't necessarily make a fantastic <laughs> audio experience for our listeners, does it? But there... There you go. We've Look, had you l- get what you pay for. <laughs> exactly. Well, we've got six people who are oh shit, be going okay, to be asking we, better for
1: a <laughs> <laughs> but we better get talking about some sort of guitar shit, then, not we? Indeed.
0: Right. As as we usually do, we uh, we start off by um, self indulging, don't we, and, and talking about what we've been up to. Um, Matt, you've uh, you've been riding the um, the strap train recently, haven't you? I have, and I've now gigged with the Strat. Um, Did a
1: gig at the weekend? Yes, the weekend just gone. Um, Did a practice with it in the week leading up to. And what shocked me is how many songs that were in the set list for both bands that I generally play on the Les Paul because I'm lazy and just play one guitar all night. Yep. But really sound a lot better with a Strat. (laughs) My man. (laughs) and like I'm thinking about it and I mentioned it so I was at practice with the other band um tonight and Lorca mentioned like I I mentioned that like I did a gig with a Les Paul and a Strat and actually it covered pretty much every bass I need and Lorca was like you've said that on the podcast like nine times that that's what you should have as your setup." (laughs) and I was like yeah maybe but (laughs) so yeah I like it called me out for it but yeah um, I finally did a gig with just a Strat and a Les Paul and you know what it covered every sound that I could possibly need um We'd thrown some songs in the set that were not really, well, like, they were based around f- funk rhythms, and they're not particularly funky songs, but, um, yeah. I can't even remember, one of them is by a band that was around in the 90s called Dodgy.
0: I remember Dodgy, good enough. Uh,
1: yeah, good enough, that was it, Um and the, the rhythm for that is very kind of like funk-esque, um, yeah. <laughs> something like that isn't it yeah yeah um, but yeah there's, there's, there's like you hammer on like minor 7th chords from a, the like 3 notes of a um, 3 notes of a major chord and then like fill in like little bits of lead over the top and like but the the right hand rhythm is very kind of funky and it really suits that second position sound and yeah so using that quite a lot and there was something I we did it. We we threw like three or four songs, and there was a couple of stuff from the eighties that was really like chorus laden and strat bridge pickup, and, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, just like I what I, and I was just going through the set list, and I was going like, yeah, normally I play this on a Les Paul, but actually, I needed to get the strat out, and I was like chopping and changing between them all night, and going, yeah, maybe we should organise the set list
0: a little bit differently <laughs> next time. <laughs> yes, I mean there is that.
1: Yeah. But yeah, um absolutely love the strat. Just yeah, fall like not falling in love with it. Like I I knew that I would like a strat, but yeah, it's just kind of it complements the Les Paul so well. Like for the for the non rocky stuff, yeah. it does that or it does those pretty much all those other bits and like yes, it'd be lovely to have a telly, but actually you can get telly esque sounds or close enough sounds
0: <laughs> we, we treaded on dangerous I know, I, territory. We yeah. are, but like people,
1: yeah. I mean, okay. Realistically, a telly sounds like a telly, but only when you only when it's clean. Once you put a bit of drive on it, it just sounds like a single coil because you lose all of the all of the like jangliness as soon as you start driving. Or, in my opinion, you lose most of the jangliness when you start driving it. And when you're just, you know. S- strumming fairly hard. yeah. Single coils a single coil.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I always think of the telly As like a like a simplified strat almost. I mean the the yeah. bridge the bridge pickup on the telly is very distinct and has got more of a mid-range grunt than a strat um bridge pickup but I think.
1: Yes, but it's it, it's very similar to the middle pickup on a strat in terms of the way that it sounds once you start driving it. Yes. Obviously, it's a bit different, clean, and when you're doing the jangly shit. But once you start driving it, you can get similar sounds to a telly bridge from a strat middle, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's an unsung key rather than the um, strat, <laughs> strat middle.
1: Yeah, I actually found myself using the strat middle quite a lot, and like I bought the strat with the intention of basically using positions one, two, four, and five. <laughs> Because nobody ever <laughs> talks about a strat middle position. But well, actually, so, yeah. it sounds fucking great.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the great thing about it, strats, isn't it? There are these little kind of tonal crevices that you find. You go, like you've been playing on like the bridge and the neck for loads. And then you go, oh, actually position two. Oh. And then yeah. <laughs> you start playing that for a little bit. And then you go, oh, like middle, middle pickup. Ooh. <laughs> What's this? Yeah.
1: But yeah. Yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And the other thing I did, which I don't do very often, is I just played with the Origin, and I just cranked the absolute balls out of it because we were playing a big marquee. um, So I put the master on full and then used the gain control to get as much kind of level as I could. But because we were being mic'd up and there was a separate sound engineer, I could just crank the absolute balls out of that little 20-watt 10-inch speaker and just have the whole thing just vibrating itself and just, yeah, absolutely loved it um, and was using the hot cake, but actually um, tending to use almost the Amp's drive when I was using the Les Paul. With the Strat, you needed to kick in a little bit more drive because obviously less power in the pickups, but yeah, um, I, I was literally mostly just using, when I was using the Les Paul, I was just using the Amp and then the, the Teras to kind
0: of do my lead work. I mean, that that's very much sounding like... Straight into amp guys that you hear on the internet. <laughs> um, I'm not arguing with it because I've, I, I can almost hear that tone in my head straight away. Yeah, and it's glorious.
1: Yeah, and like, yeah, fair enough. But like, I just lo- love the fact that like you've got the amp completely singing. I think straight into amp is only good when you can turn that amp up and use that amp at the volume it's supposed to be used at, which yeah. you can't do very often. Like. I'd certainly with any with most of my amps, you can't because the a c fifteen is more than fifteen watts two twelve just if you if I'd crank the balls off of that, you'd shake the windows out of any fucking room in on the Isle of man um like the the um base breaker if I'd been using that rather than the origin again, thirty watts and even the eighteen watt side is it, it's it's no, there's no master volume, so you've only got one volume control if you turned it right up you'd just shake shake every room but like the the origin the fact that it's got that master you can just crank and then I think I had the gain on about six which is a lot and it it was loud but we were in a big enough room on a big enough stage where I wasn't pissing off the, the other guys in the band they could still hear themselves Yeah, I could still hear still hear them because I was stood far enough
0: away from the amp um, and it's just one of those cracking sounds absolutely I mean I want to do some uh, straight into amp loud stuff now <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but- I was uh, I was waxing lyrical about the um the H T five last week to Lee. And he was having none of it. Um that I mean he's wrong. Um and and we kn- we know this quite often that he is wrong. Um yeah. as as <laughs> he um, he mentioned last week where he said, Oh those H uh, T um black star pedals, they 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 were only nine volt. They they had a little LED behind. Yeah, bollocks bollocks <laughs> yes i mean we were, we posted up yeah, in the I, group that that was uh that was a fallacy
1: yeah 22 22 I, I literally had to buy another supply for mine 22 volt and i think they're like 1.7 amp as well so like even if you did have a power supply that had a 22 volt out which you don't because they don't exist <laughs> yeah. um it, it was. It's not like one power supply is probably got a max draw total of two amps, and you've just taken one point seven amps away with that one fucking pedal. <laughs> That's they, it. Like, I d- I'm not saying I can guarantee that that tube was running, but I would I would put money on the fact that that tube was actually, you know, switched on and it wasn't backlit.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That they were at, at least providing some, if not all, of the um, the the tone of that pedal. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: and I I I really liked mine but it there's a lot of so I had the HT dual which was like the dual lower grain drive there was the dual and the metal dual or it might have just been called the metal. Yeah. But they were they were two different 2 foot switch 2 foot switch drives. Yeah. But even the even the dual which was the lighter gain one was a little bit too much for me. It was it was very kind of heavy. But I never sold it because I actually quite like the sound of it, but then I haven't used it in five years, so I probably should have sold it. But
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but it's that pure nostalgia, isn't it? And actually, if it weren't so inconvenient of having a 22-volt power supply, it would probably be a really good pedal to have on your your board.
1: Yeah. I bet you what Lee was thinking of is they replaced the HT stuff with the LT stuff. Yes.
0: And that was 9-volt. It was, but it also didn't no have. Tube in there. Yeah, there was there was no visible <laughs> tube at all. They were basically like uh, boss clones, almost from what I saw. Anyway,
1: yeah, I mean, I think they were like derivatives of the H. They, they, they were like yeah, boss clones of the same style of pedal. So like they had the reverb, they had the dual drive, they had a metal drive. You know, yeah. they'd basically taken their HT range and done boss clones of of the the different. Effects that they had in there,
0: yeah. I mean, I was always interested to see if they were any good because I'd heard the uh, the HT series. Um, uh, I'd heard them in like gigging situations from like, of, like bands around the scene, yeah. Because that's what was available when I was uh, <laughs> when I was out in gigging. <laughs> uh, and these pedals yeah. sounded great. They sounded really good. Yeah. Um. But hey, ho yeah, yeah, the
1: other guitarist in my. First band switch used, and he initially used the HT dual that I used, and then he went to the LT um, dual as well for his his drive channels for a long time. Yeah, he's moved moved away from that in the last couple of years, but yeah, like both both the the HT and the LT dual drives were, really did sound good.
0: Excellent. I mean, I ever so often like see the uh, the the blue one, which I think was the boost. And I think the orange, which I think was a distortion like the LT dist. Yeah. Uh, so I see them like cropping up, but I d- I'd never see the jewel because I'd, I'd like I'd like. Yeah, that was the green one. Yeah, I think I'd like that one. Um, but I mean, I've got like two shelves of pedals behind me. I probably <laughs> don't need any more pedals.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm having this conversation with the missus and she's going, like, we're moving house and she's going, oh, we need to find a place for all that match shit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, on top of your wardrobe at the moment, you've got boxes for pedals that you're using. And I'm like, yeah, but what if I need to sell them? You need to keep the boxes. And she's like, we need a cupboard where I don't have to look at them because you're not putting them on the top of the wardrobe when you move into here. And I'm like, oh, fine.
0: So I mean, that's a fair cop.
1: There's a, there's a cupboard in the bathroom that has just space at the back of it that's not being used. So that's gonna be filled with just boxes yeah, and boxes box. and boxes of th- th- pedals. And actually when I got the pedals down from off the top of the wardrobe I found that actually some of those boxes had pedals in them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's always a nice surprise, isn't it? Oh, I've got that pedal again. Indeed. I, <laughs> I mean, thought
1: I'd sold that, clearly not.
0: But look my uh, my top of the wardrobe was actually the the side of this window sill. Uh, and it was it was becoming dangerous. It was becoming a bit like um, Jenga. Uh, so it was it was it came at a good time actually because I, yeah. I I may have been crushed under the weight of a <laughs> thousand pedal boxes. Yeah,
1: well, I'm thinking that okay, fine, the pedals can go in there, but no, the pedal boxes can go in there. But actually, um, I've got a desk, an office desk, and the desk is like four times the size of the one that I've got at the moment. So I might just display some of my pedals that aren't on boards around the computer as, this, like, ornaments.
0: This is where I'm going to give you a top tip here. Uh, and, and you listeners as well. Um, so in in the shelving unit that I've got behind me, which, if you are uh, eagle-eyed and you've watched some of the most recent live streams or the videos that I've produced, you might see this stuff. Um, inside the little, um, like, box shelf units are an ikea product called i think it's called kavissle or something like that k v i s l e um, yeah. which it advertises itself as a letter rack or something like that like a uh, like a document tidy okay um, so it's essentially like a like a thin metal um frame with about four shelves with cork uh cork tops on them um the width between each of the shelves is perfect pedal height so where they say document tidy i saw pedal display shelf um and it's worked incredibly <laughs> well um so so there you go there's there's your top tip these this IKEA product, I think they uh, they used to talk about the uh, the Hengi shelf uh, as a as a pedal board uh, for, from IKEA, and then they stopped selling those, and then it became the Gorm shelf, which I think they still sell. <laughs> so IKEA is still coming through. There is someone on that IKEA design team who is a guitarist, and he's like, <laughs> I'm going to sneak in these, absolute perfect. <laughs>
1: Excellent, yeah. Um, unfortunately, we don't have an Ikea on the Isle of Man. Um, they don't deliver to the Isle of Man, and the eBay shop that is offering to ship these is going to charge me £40 postage for a
0: £38 product. I mean, the, these were not even that. These were 20 quid, I think.
1: Yeah, well, to, to get buy them and get them shipped to the island, you have to pay 38 quid for the product and then another 40 quid for postage, so... I think,
0: fuck that. I mean, there, there is there is very much a fuck that involved there, but <laughs> surely there's got to be someone who's ripping off IKEA's design here to get something very similar.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've I mean, I mean, found the thing, but I just need to now find the knockoff of the thing.
0: <laughs> that's it, yeah. So <laughs> perhaps on the next podcast, we'll tell you the um, the non-IKEA alternative. <laughs> but if you have got an IKEA that's near you or will, will deliver for you, Kavissel shelf uh document shelf or whatever it was absolutely oh, yeah, excellent there is an,
1: there's an amazon thing that i'm just opening that is a wood love five section adjustable a4 filing paper organiser that is a wood of, a wood effect version of the same thing so maybe i might have a look at one of those i
0: mean that sounds classy
1: yeah it looks it looks fairly classy as well i don't know whether you can see that
0: but oh yeah, okay. yeah, I okay. can. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah.
1: it's it's a brown version of the same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, but there you go. That's our um, top tip for pedal storage. I mean, the alternative is that you could like stop being giant man children and sell the pedals that you're not using.
1: No, because then when when I like at the moment I have I currently have two pedal boards that are filled and one that is empty. But I have enough pedals to fill that pedal board.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um i mean, yes. Yeah. I mean that's so why wouldn't I? Yep, totally. I mean I I like by my own admission have got too many pedals. I've got so many that I could fill maybe like three or four pedal boards full and still have yeah. stuff left over. Um but I don't care, I like it. Yep. Sorry. Uh, that is that is our um Kind of motto for the fretsicle podcast, isn't it? Let's not let's not face up to reality. Let's not face up to that the the pressures of responsibilities of growing up and being Listen, adults. Th-
1: the last time I got myself a new guitar, I swapped it for an old guitar. That's recycling, basically. I've earned myself the ability to buy myself another power supply so I can create another board.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, I mean, we've talked we've talked a little bit about rehearsal um, already. I wanted to mention a little bit about because um, I've done a little bit of housekeeping f- ready for the uh, the depth gig that I've got coming up. Um, <laughs> I have approached um, the the learning of the material because it's about it, I think it's about two forty five fifty minute sets, so yeah. roughly about an hour and a half worth of material uh and the last rehearsal that I went to um I had like um like printed out sheets in front of me to help uh, ha- like help along with um basically running through the songs and that like you can't be doing that at a gig <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's akin to actually having sheet music and that's for that's for nerds so <laughs> <laughs> so I I, I I had to like try and figure out how much of the, the set I actually know, um, and realized that I'd approached, um, approached the learning process, much like I'd approached assignments at university, which is nothing like having a deadline for two months and then doing everything in the last three days. Um, yeah, I've, I've had this, this, um, this, uh, promise of the depth gig for uh, it's months now. And I'm only just now taking it seriously. Um, so <laughs> help, <laughs> um, no, but it's 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 pretty cool. Um, trying to learn an hour and a half's worth of material is tough, though. Like, learning all of those changes, all of those chord progressions, it's tough.
1: I mean, it definitely is. Like, I remember going back to when I joined the newer of the two bands that I'm in, and like you you think, oh yeah, it'll take us like four goes to learn enough songs to gig with, and then you go and actually know it's going to take us like 10, 15 practices, because yeah, okay, you might be able to do a whole set in three or four practices, but nine times out of ten, somebody's going to have forgotten a bit, or you're going to need to remember the structure, or, you know, so you, you do have to kind of... Actually, realise that you're probably going to go over the song five or six times before you get it, and it sounds properly right together as a group.
0: Absolutely, and and every group have got their kind of their spin on a song, their yeah. idiosyncrasies. Yeah, so their nuances,
1: like, like fucking changing orders up or doubling the chorus here or there, or absolutely. Oh, the, the the solo's supposed to be twelve bars, but we actually do it for seventeen, and
0: yeah, yeah, and. and like how you approach fade-outs in songs. Yeah, So many songs have fade-outs. Yeah. And can't do that live. Yeah,
1: fucking... Nobody talks about how much of a wanker that a music producers are, Fucking fade-outs are the worst. If you're trying to cover a song and it's got a fade-out, you have to come up with your own ending. Fucking just come up with an ending to a song. How hard is it? We do it at the end. And if, if every band who covers that song can come up with an end to it. So the actual musicians who wrote the fucking song can also do that.
0: I mean, they they probably did have an ending to it, but the producer went, nah this ending shit. I'll just fade fade it before that happens." Twats, <laughs> yeah. fucking music producers. <laughs> but I mean that. <laughs> I mean that that took a turn that did. Apologies. We, we we've not we've not ragged on music producers, in a in a very very long time. So I feel that was <laughs> it was coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, bastards. <laughs> but yeah it's it's really difficult as well to not have the endings of songs all sound the same for one yeah uh which is what we call the acdc syndrome (laughs)
1: Um, well you can't even like you can't even just resolve everything back to the one chord because that starts to get old after a while absolutely You you can't even do that so like yeah they're some th- yeah, it's sometimes it's a pain in the ass.
0: And you've also got to try and avoid uh, what I like to refer to as the stars in your eyes ending. Um, just for context, because this is a very, very niche reference. Um, <laughs> back in the 90s, there was a, a, a TV show where um, essentially they'd, they'd get, uh, like, the average Joes and... and Joe S's um yeah. like a, a checkout operator or like an engineer or whatever who'd come onto this show and then go, Oh, I can do a bit of a passable um impression of this singer. Yeah. And they'd get them all dressed up and they'd do this singer's hit song. But the endings would always be like and then like the one chord, bam 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 bam. So, something like that it looked really yeah. like super super cheesy um and in my mind that that kind of ending is always the stars in your eyes <laughs> cop out ending yeah man no, i and, get it and they had to do that because so many fucking songs fade out
1: yeah 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 and like it just r- reminded me that there's a couple of songs where the endings are so bad that um, occasionally I will just wait till the band is kind of built to a crescendo and then drop myself by a semitone and play out of key just to really annoy people just because I don't want it to end with that fucking just rigging one chord or, a you know, stabs dun, on a one chord.
0: Dark. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it, it is... It's tough. It really is tough. Um But yeah, I mean I have got that coming up. Just before this podcast as well, I I thought this is the, the ideal time um to to change the strings on my Variax. Because I that's the guitar that I will be using. Almost certain that I won't be using any of the modelling. Yeah. <laughs> Almost certain. Uh, I mean I did I charged it for the rehearsal actually and used like oh. had a little bit of a play about with it it was lovely however still not using it because the single coil sound great
1: I might charge mine because I've got a gig on Saturday where it's a tiny stage again so maybe I'll use it so, so that I can have a Strat and a Les Paul
0: I might just bring the Variax <laughs> I mean that is is <laughs> the compromise isn't it it is um so so yeah, I, I I changed the strings, I think for the first time ever on my very. Oh my God! How
1: long have you had that? Two,
0: three years. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely definitely one of those. Maybe even more. It yeah. might even be longer than that.
1: In fact, you must have had it at least three, if not four, because I've had mine since twenty eighteen. Might have even been twenty seventeen. I got mine, and you'd already had yours.
0: I mean, we know that the '90s was only twenty years ago. Like, yeah, I like, so yeah. it's it's got it. Maybe six months a year, at most. <laughs> let's not let's not get into this argument again. Um, no, it, I I think it's probably probably coming up to four years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, the the strings were absolutely. I mean they weren't they weren't super terrible I have played worse strings um but they definitely lacked some life so much so <laughs> that the uh the D string had had fret grooves in it um I just
1: I, I don't get it
0: no I i mean I should I really should change the strings on my guitar as well I, I, when I was rifling through the cupboard of like guitar parts I uh I picked up a bunch of strings without realizing. Like, I can't remember actually doing this, but I've got about probably about six or seven packs of 9.5 gauge strings. Um, <laughs> I don't know when what? the fuck I bought them.
1: Why? <laughs> fucking
0: so, weirdo, are you? So, I like um, almost exclusively, I use tens. Um, I have got a few guitars which have got a thicker necks um, and. That really affects um, the tendons in my wrist. If I've got a thick neck, and then th- adding to that, the um, the that specific gauge, like the the ten gauge, it ends up giving me like these horrible, almost kind of RSI kind of feelings in yeah. my in my arm. Um, and so I thought, I'll I'll try I'll try nines on them, see if that works. But then with nines, the picking is too too flabby. Uh so I thought instead of buying one set of 9.5s, I'd buy fucking seven of them <laughs> because that makes that makes sense, it makes complete sense. Um yeah. But now I know that I've got those, I will change the strings on the, those specific guitars. Um and you might see them a bit more in um demos as well. Nice. It's not going to happen. It took me four years to change a set of strings on my Variax. So. Yeah. It's I'm really sure easy. you'll get there
1: eventually. You know, in 2029, 20, we'll be talking about how you finally change those strings on the 9.5 guitars.
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, the the Variax will still be going strong because I changed the strings with OptiWebs. Elixir Opti, OptiWebs. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the OptiWebs that I've got on my LTD telly which are, again have got to be about 3 years old now are still in perfect condition so i think i've i reckon i've got a decade of use of them
1: you're insane i put nano webs on cuz I, I occasionally use optiwebs when i can't get the nano webs cuz um i the strings direct charge far too much posters for me to use strings direct so i use amazon which I know, I'm giving Jeff Bezos money, he's a twat, I get it, yeah. but it's just easy. Um, so occasionally the, the nano-webs are out of stock or whatever, but I, yeah. I would say, he, I mean, I, I've spoken about how my sweat is very corrosive, but mm-hmm. um, I would say I maximum I can get out of the nano-webs and opti-webs is about four months. Okay, okay. Uh, mind you, like, wrote a sound two hours... Is probably how how long I can get out of a normal set of rotosound strings. Ernie Ball, maybe five hours. So that's why I used to, the the to wet the coated strings because at least I can leave them on for a couple of months.
0: And, and there you go. So I mean, if you want to if you want to do the maths here, listener, you can you can extrapolate from that bit of information <laughs> that like a set of rotosends would usually last. Uh, like for like an occasional guitar would probably last about six months. If you're using it constantly, maybe three or four gigs. Yeah. So by that thought process, OptiWeb should last you a year. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Bonus. I think we should probably do some news. I've not mentioned any of the videos I've done this week, actually, have all. Um, I'll do. I'll do a very quick, uh, quick roundup because I think we spoke about them last week. Actually, uh, Dial Up Fuzz uh, came out on the No Talkal Tone this week, um, or was that last week? No, it was this week. the The previous week. Um, this podcast, the most recent uh, No Talkal Tone, will be the set Distortion, the Hot Distortion, um, which is a wonderful salmon pink color. Uh, I mean, it really surprised me. Actually, um, I did mention this to to Lee last week that I, I plugged it in, kind of expecting it to be a tube screamer <laughs> um, because it just had a picture of a flame on the front and didn't say anything else. Um, <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be like blues drive variant." Yeah. Uh, but plugged it in and it was almost, I'd, I'd say, kind of OCD ish. Okay. Uh, so it really impressed me. It's like very, very nice, warm, and saturated distortion. Um, so I was cool with that. And then this week, the the week, uh, this Friday, sorry, I'm trying to figure out how time works now because this is <laughs> for, uh, for us, this is not how this works. So uh, yeah. this coming Friday will be the iSet Reverb, which is a pedal that I put off because it's got like nine different reverb settings and that usually takes shit yeah. ton of time. Yeah. Um I I put my big boy pants on and did the, did the did, did the, the work. You did the thing. Yeah. It it gets crazy. I'm I'm just gonna leave you leave you with that. It gets crazy. It gets yeah. crazy. And there's a mode on it. <laughs> uh which is one of the most auto corrected words. Um, on, on any mobile phone, pretty much. <laughs> that is the ducking mode. Yes. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll leave that there because we have got some news. 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 Right. So the first bit of news this week uh, involves an old man trying to use technology. <laughs> uh, so but, apparently, like. Uh, when Bill Finnegan uh, announced there was going to be a live stream, uh, and then, <laughs> and then there was technical issues with the live stream. So, of course, there was. Yeah, yeah. So I mean,
1: there's always tech- like if you don't test the live stream first, there's always technical issues with the live
0: stream. Oh yeah, we we know that.
1: <laughs> We've been there before.
0: Yeah, yeah. We should have uh, got old Bill on the phone. Just be like, mate, this isn't. This is not our first rodeo. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, look aside from that uh, technical issues, Bill Finnegan came on uh, Facebook Live or Instagram Live, one of these, one of these two, um, and and like did an announcement about the um, the clon KTR. So the KTR was introduced some years back as as a kind of. A solution to the um the hype of the the original Klon units that was going ridiculously through the roof and like you were talking thousands and thousands of pounds for these pedals so he he bought out the like the ktr uh which was essentially the same thing just in a red box rather than a gold or a silver box and it it was a quote unquote affordable yeah. <laughs> it it feels of... like I'm betraying my heritage here as the budget pedal chair,
1: <laughs> saying that a, calling like, a four hundred pound drive pedal affordable.
0: <laughs> it does, yeah. But like apples, apples and oranges, isn't it? Like if you compare it to the price of a, um, a an original Clon Centaur, which is talking like upwards of multiple thousands of pounds, then like 300, 400 quid is affordable. Um so the recipe for the clan is changing. Um this this is due to the fact that the um the gold mine of um new old stock vintage diodes is uh, is depleting. So the the they're having to change it up. Apparently, uh uh Billy Billy F has found a, a set of diodes worthy to replace the clon diodes and in in that replacement, what he's doing is he's tweaking little like certain values within the circuit to adjust for those new diodes, just to make sure that it sounds extra super clonny.
1: Yeah. But you just know that as soon as this happens, someone's going to say, uh, you know, yeah, it doesn't sound the same, this, that and the other. And whether they can actually hear it or not, they'll just say it. They probably
0: haven't even played the pedal and they're going to say it. Absolutely. And and in fact, the moment that this was announced on eBay, <laughs> KTRs with the old diodes in... Were, Jumped in price. Well, they were like buy it now for like original clon money. So people Fuck are the it. worst. People are the oh, worst. Just,
1: yeah, people are the
0: worst. Jesus, just... Ugh. what I'd, I'd really really like is if the new diode sound better <laughs> and all of this kind of heritage. But,
1: but the hype around the clon isn't about whether it sounds good or not it's whether it sounds like the clon yes no it is no one cares whether the clon sounds good or not mm. what people care about is does it sound like the clon did and there's actually pedals out there that are quote unquote clon clones that sound better than the Klon in my opinion yeah i um, i know will had one and he's recently sold it but the Ryra, um, i tried steve's one and i think that sound is better than the recorded sounds that i've heard of the the clon itself now i've never i don't don't have 5 grand to spend on a clon so i've never tried a clon yeah um, and i don't know anybody that owns one but um i have heard a ktr live which is a the same circuit, yeah, and the RYRA definitely sounds better than that does.
0: There you have it. There you have it. It's from but yeah, from it, Matt himself. It's,
1: yeah, and that's and it's all like all of these pedals are fucking opinion based anyway. Like, but yeah, just nobody cares about whether they sound good or not anymore. It's whether they sound like the original.
0: Yeah, it's it's that prestige, isn't it? It's the the bragging rights, and. Yeah. Where the bragging rights used to be if it had a silver or a gold box. Now the bragging rights have extended or uh, apparently. It the have right ext- diode. Yeah. Yeah. Although- ex- so it's it's now it now encompasses all of those uh red red KTR um old diode versions. And it and, and it's gonna be that, isn't it? It's gonna be they're gonna be known as like vintage diode version versus new diode version or or some some
1: yeah pre-september 2021 and post september 2021 and indeed Um, i got i got mine on the 31st of august does it have the right diodes in it or not (laughs)
0: yeah uh and and this is why we can't have nice things um (laughs) but I, i really really do hope that the um the new ones just sound better, and and people unanimously go, "Oh, actually, these are, these are just a nicer pedal."
1: Yeah, yeah. I I'd, I I'd like I I'd, I'm actually interested to try one of the new ones, or at least yeah. hear. I don't, I'm not gonna. Buy, I'm not spending four hundred quid on a drive pedal, so I'm not buying it myself. But yeah, I I would like to hear one in person. I
0: think. um Uh, Stuart Tate has got a KTR.
1: Didn't he just sell it? Possibly. I'm pretty sure he sold it so that he could buy something else.
0: It might have been, because I know uh, Marcus Deluxe as well, of Marcus Deluxe Pedal Boards. He has got a KTR, and it it might have been him who he sold it to.
1: Yeah, I'm almost certain that it was like end of July, August time, and Stuart was like... I. As much as I love this pedal, I'm selling it so that I can reinvest elsewhere. I believe, I'm sure, we'll get some abuse
0: in the group if I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, we'll get abuse from Stuart anyway. <laughs> Wouldn't be Stuart if we weren't getting abuse.
1: Yeah, we're just uh, focusing it in this week so we've got a specific thing to abuse as well. There you go. He doesn't, yeah. have to, he doesn't have to work it out for himself this week. There you go.
0: Have, have a week off there, Stu. We'll we'll make it <laughs> easy for you. Uh so we we've talked about the Clon. I'm um, I'm I'm pretty sure it does <laughs> doesn't um, alter our <laughs> views on it. It's a really expensive pedal. Yeah, I'm not going to be buying one. Anyone? T- any you give
1: me it. one, I'll try it, but I'm not buying it myself. Exactly.
0: Speaking of uh, <laughs> not buying it ourselves, Gibson. Hey, <laughs> Gib- Gibson guitars. Uh, like at the start of the year, I'm pretty sure, uh, and then about a month or so back we mentioned a Murphy Labs very limited run of Carina um, Flying V's and Carina Explorers yeah uh, the
1: Murphy Lab is the one where he Tom Murphy's retiring and he's teaching some people to do what he does isn't it that's Murphy like yeah
0: yeah like trained assassins of the Luthier world yeah uh, it's like Hydra <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't know what's the other one. The 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 hand is it? They're the they're the assassin group. Oh, um, I, I, yeah, I never played Assassin's Creed. It's um, it was that horrible Netflix series of uh, Iron Fist that had the hand. <laughs> I didn't watch that either. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, to be fair, like, and this goes with a lot of the the um the pre like Disney Marvel stuff, like all of the Netflix series. If they would have shortened them down to about six episodes and cut all of the, the crap out the middle, yeah, they would have been fantastic. It's almost like Disney have
1: learned from that and have shortened them down to six episodes and cut all the crap out the middle. <laughs> yeah,
0: who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Uh, but it, it, it took Netflix to try and spin it out into 24 season episodes. <laughs> 24 season episodes? Yes. It, I, I stand by that statement. Words. Yeah. yeah. Um, words mean things. Things means words. Indeed. Things, words. Like, I do apologise. It's, it's way past <laughs> my bedtime. It uh, is. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all, it's all good. Uh, so, yeah, back to the, not Marvel. Um Murphy his, Lab. Yeah. So historic uh historic reissues. They they're basically doing a quote unquote affordable version. So the custom Ooh. shop are having a having a crack now. Um so it's not <laughs> So it's it's not Murphy Lab, it's, it's just custom shop. Yeah, it's just custom so shop. Sorry.
1: The custom shops from my vague recollections start at like four grand.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: So these are a custom shop of a high-end Murphy Lab, so they're not going to
0: be four grand, are they? They're not going to be four grand, no. Uh, So if you think these are, like, limited run, so they are the 1958 specs, they are also Karina bodies and necks.
1: Yeah, so that bumps it up. So let's say six and a half grand. Uh, I'm not going to say that's a reasonable price, but... In yep. the grand scheme of things, that would be a logical price.
0: Uh so this is Gibson guitar, so let's throw logic out the window. Okay, so so like eight grand. Keep going. Nine and a half, nine 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 nine
1: nine nine
0: nine. Yeah Yeah, yeah. We're pretty much 10 K for a Karina. Uh, V or Explorer, I mean they are specked out. They've got the custom bookers. The there's um, specific, um, like dimensions and and whatnot. Like the neck profile is is very much a reissue. So it, it's all because it's the custom shop. It will be the the fine details won't be overlooked. It's not just going to be like a production model with the, the aesthetic of a 58, it's going to be pretty close to like buying what would have been a new 58 in 58.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like fair, but like, it's it's an absolutely ridiculous price point. Like we're living in fantasy land now, aren't we?
0: Yes. Yes, we are. I mean, the fantasy land was like 20 K plus for the Murphy labs. (laughs) Um, but then they go. Oh, yeah, we've got an affordable yeah, I mean,
1: version. So this this is so the other ones was the deposit for a five bedroomed house, and this is a deposit for a two bedroomed house.
0: Yes, yes, essentially <laughs> it is that. Um, so the differences are, of course, the uh, the Murphy Labs had the Brazilian rosewood fretboards, the custom shops um, downgrade. I don't know I don't know if that's fair to say but they they use Indian rosewood which is a a cheaper variant of of rosewood and yes. slightly and less restricted. I was say slightly less yeah slightly less site-ease restrictive. Yeah. So they that's that's one uh, one thing they obviously don't have the Murphy Labs aged treatment. Um they only have the custom shop uh VOS nitro uh finish. So it'll, it'll so, look slightly newer as well, actually, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, and the, so VOS is been its old stock, isn't it? So it's supposed to look like a guitar that was made a long time ago, but hasn't been used.
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of your like Case Queens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's still a lot of money.
1: Yeah, like I said, it's just bedroom for a fucking two-bed
0: house. And... I remember when I was just starting playing guitar, they did an Epiphone Karina Flying V and an Epiphone Karina Explorer. They, I think they did a Karina SG as well. Um, I definitely
1: remember a Carina Explorer and a Karina Flying V from Epiphone, definitely. Yeah. And in they... fact, I think that in the early Guitar Nerds podcast, which was the first guitar podcast... Sorry, in fact, it was back when it was a GAC podcast. So we're going back to like twenty twelve-ish now. I'm mm. pretty sure one of their early episodes talked about a Karina and um, a Karina explorer from Epiphone because they mentioned because that was where I I learned that when you're working with Karina, you have to have a mask on because if you breathe in the particles, they're really poisonous to your lungs.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it says dangerous wood. Yeah, I mean you should be wearing a mask anyway because. Breathing in any wood particles is yeah. Not, it's not great, but not fantastic for you. Yeah, but these are particularly bad. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. get you. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those specific ones I believe were Korean made and were about four hundred pounds. Yeah, and these are these are ten thousand pounds. Ten thousand. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And
1: and double it if you want some guy to teach someone else to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. I think they're they're probably gone by now because they were were very limited stock, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they were. I mean, like, it's ridiculous, but that's kind of where the guitar world is at the moment, isn't it? Like, it's just a ridiculous universe of weirdness in the high-end end, end, anyway.
0: It's not just in the high-end ones as well, actually. I looked at the um, the prices of Variaxes the other week. I bought mine for about 400 quid. They're going for about 700 now.
1: Okay. Mm. Yeah. I paid less than that for my James Tyler.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I was looking... At the same time that I bought that one, I was looking at the... um. The, the James Tyler ones as well, because they still had a few in stock. And I think it was about 650 for for uh, SSS yeah. gold-finished James Tyler. And I just went, mm-hmm, like, I'm not... I don't think I'm going to use it as much as £600. So I'll go for the cheaper one. And it's T- my... turned out you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably would have, yeah. But I used that... That Variax pretty much... Yeah. ...like, exclusively, so it worked out for the best.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I remember the Guitar Geek had um, the single-cut shape that was like a hybrid Les Paul Telecaster. It was like halfway between the two of the Variac standards um, with two P90s in it, I believe, as the magnetic pickups. Uh, yes. And I... I thought it looked great, like it, it was just, it was enough off the two of them, and like between the two of them to look like almost a new shape, and I, I really liked it, but I, I've always thought like, you know, if I've got a spare 400 quid, but if they've gone up to seven, that's that's a lot of money to start dropping on a, on, you know, what? I don't even know whether, are they, are they I don't even know where they're made, are they Chinese, are they Indonesian, are they? I don't know, you can find out
0: for you <laughs> Give me a moment. <laughs> Let's have a look.
1: Have a look on the back of your headstock, because um, yeah, like you always think of them as uh, like a, I had a Yamaha um, Pacifica, and that's kind of what they like people talk about them.
0: Yes, I mean essentially, it is a Yamaha Pacifica, um, but with a with a brain. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, the, the very brain. I, ju- I did just have a have a little mosey on down to the guitar rack, and it is Indonesian made. Okay. Um, it's it's very well kitted out. It's got uh, like graphite string trees and uh, a, a, some kind of fancy nut. It's maybe like a graph techno. Yeah. The bridge is very well made as well. Like the saddles on the bridge of yeah. like they're they're designed extremely well.
1: Well, they have to be because that's kind of without the piezos under that, the brain is useless. So the the bridge is kind of where it really needs to be as good as it can possibly be for the brain to work as well as it can
0: yeah yeah uh, but it, like the, not only the, the where the piezo pickups sit on the saddle the saddle itself the design of the saddle is really yeah. really well machined and it's not like, you don't get any of those like grub, sc- grub, uh, grub screws sticking out that all yeah. like, they up your hand, hand. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah it's incredible um <laughs> Yeah, it, it feels like <laughs> I've I mentioned this every time, but it feels like I've got a, a supercar and I'm I'm using it to do the school run because <laughs> I've got all of that like Variax brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like yeah, take that battery out. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm using it as a, as a Pacifica. Yeah, but there you go. You should have just bought a Pacifica. Probably should have. Yeah. Although but, I
1: don't know what this triple single coil Pacifica is called because it's not the one one two V because that's the
0: that's the HSS. I'm not entirely sure they do a, a triple single coil Pacifica.
1: You're screwed then, aren't you? You'll have to buy the Varyx. Oh,
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it was about the same, mm, ju- just over the price of a of a lock a higher end um, Pacifica, Pacifica. Yeah, so it was all right. Uh, we should probably mention this last bit of news because we are. Approach in the hour we've got yeah. we've got about three minutes to mention this one, and I reckon we could get it done in two <laughs> um <laughs> so uh, a couple of months back uh this it it's probably further back than I realized this um I'm thinking it was maybe like two months ago, but it was it was probably more like four months ago this um the people at um, amplitude. Decided they would release some pedals And the pedals were the X drive The X vibe The X time and the X space So basically drive Modulation um, Delay on verb I assume um, And these pedals They Were kind of similar to the Um there was something earlier on in the year that uh, that was very similar weren't it like the um uh positive grid pedals i think did something something similar um so they they have now released an update for amplitude five which allows you to purchase virtual versions of these pedals which i mean that's a bit of like internal cross promotion that m- makes sense. However, <laughs> big caveat here, I was pretty sure, and, and Matt was uh, in agreement on this point, that the algorithms that we used in these pedals were, if not taken directly, very heavily inspired by the algorithms in Amplitude.
1: Yep. We definitely spoke about that and I'm just having a look at their their kind of press release and it like it doesn't specifically say exactly that they've come from Amplitude, but um it does talk about like it comparisons with Amplitude Five and you know, it talks about their software. So it's definitely you know, it's got links to its yeah. own software. So they've released it, released the pedal based on their software. On their software, that's what we're saying.
0: Yeah. So it's it's almost like a uh, like a human centipede kind of situation where it's feeding into each other. Yeah. Uh, and it's come full circle. So it's now like a big centipede donut uh, where it's feeding back into the original idea. So you would have thought, well. Like some people might be a fan of these pedals, and it wouldn't it be great if you could get like virtual versions of the pedals that you love, and like if they did that at like a a nice cheap, uh, like introductory offer, that'd be great, and it might like encourage some pedal sales as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: like, it kind of makes sense, you know. Focus it down, and you know, people like it, and you know, people who have bought these probably are amplitude fans already. So, you know, rather than you having to work out where they've got these algorithms from within their own software, it's all in the pedal that you can just click on on their software. So, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's
0: all kind of nice and packaged up, yeah. Yeah, and maybe there's like the odd little bit that's
1: extra in there. So, you know, maybe charge for a little bit.
0: Indeed. Um, and Amplitude have been gracious enough to give you a 72-hour trial period with these pedals. So they're even letting you try before you buy. Excellent. which is that's fantastic. Then yeah. if you decide you you would I really like these pedals. I think they're uh, they're sounding good. I'm just going to add those in the uh amplitude custom shop. I'm going to add them to my basket. How much do you think would be a reasonable price per pedal? Like I mean,
1: it it's, if you want my honest answer, 20 quid. If you want the answer that I thought, probably 50-60.
0: Yeah and and like if you add both of those together you're still underneath the mark <laughs> um i th- like uh, when that came to my mind i thought oh if they did like this for like maybe like a tenner 20 quid that would yeah. be that would be ideal that would Just like having the the algorithms for this that you could like plug into amplitube and have a little bit of a jam with and then if you really like if you find yourself i'm um, i keep going back to this x vibe Sounds fantastic. We might shell out on the, that one. No, they're charging $150 per virtual pedal. Which is just fucking insanity. Yes, and this... I mean, you've already paid for Amplitude. Which okay. is not cheap. But yeah, by this point, <laughs> you've already kind of shelled out a couple of hundred quid for the software itself. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It seems a bit ridiculous.
1: It seems... It does. It seems... And I, I'd i forgotten how... So these these are still... I just had a look. They're still 299. Oh, are they? Sterling. Um, okay. And actually, if you try and buy them from Amplitude themselves, they advertise as 299 euros. And I was like, oh, you get a bit of a discount. And then it's like brackets 369 once you've added VAT. Oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's a, like just ouch like yeah, yeah th- like then then but but if you buy the actual pedals now from amplitude they do come with the virtual pedal as well i don't know whether if you buy from a different retailer whether they would
0: i mean that's um, at least a little saving grace isn't it so yeah if you if you want to if you want to have the pedal
1: and its virtual copy then yeah. if you buy direct from ik multimedia You have to buy it in euros it'll then get shipped from the eu it'll go through all the customs bollocks um you'll have to pay the vat not at the time you buy it but when the when it reaches customs whole fucking palaver like that but at least you get the the thing in for free i'm just having a look to see if any of the other websites mention the digital versions and they don't yeah the, I, I mean it might be that you know it's only just been announced so they're not on there yet but certainly gear for music don't mention it Toman don't mention it
0: yeah it it might be a case where if you buy one you go on their website and like type in the serial number or the or, or whatever and then it it allows a free free download for that pack or whatever yeah. um but 150 quid for one plug-in stomp <laughs> Yeah, I don't care if it's got sixteen
1: different algorithms in it. That's fucking ridiculous.
0: Indeed. Like, I'm pretty sure you could buy like some kind of version of a uh, an amplitude style plugin the entirety for 150 quid. Yeah. So, what? (laughs) Like, it's yeah, it's just a bit. A bit crazy, isn't
1: it? I mean, like if you add them all together, that's what six hundred quid.
0: Yes, it is.
1: Yeah. Um. And how much is Helix Native? Um,
0: about six hundred quid.
1: <laughs> no, that's less <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's like I think it's four nine nine or something like that. So, which yeah. would you rather? Would you rather have a, a Helix on your
0: computer, or would you rather these four pedals? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Putting that, cause kind of, I mean, what I'd probably do is buy a. If I was look, looking six hundred quid, I'd add an extra maybe hundred quid and buy a, a Helix LT, yep. and have all the processing off board, yeah, but then also having the foot and switches, yeah, yeah you have
1: got the foot switches, and also you can plug it into your computer and it basically becomes the same thing, like <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. I you've got either you're obsessed with amplitude or you've not understood what's going on here if you're buying all of these.
0: As the digital versions. Yeah, yeah, I mean it feels very much like an internet scam list does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably a good this place to Paul, end the podcast. Paul from Nigeria has come up with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want pedals? Oh dear. Uh, so yes, that is where we're going to end. We're going to wrap up the podcast for today. And it's been an absolute pleasure Um, podcasting, even if we are uh, a little nonsensical and um, <laughs> yeah, essentially ragging on all of the news this week. Um, someone's got to do it. Uh, so we extend a massive thanks to you listeners, but uh, an extra special uh, double thanks to the Patreon backers who are awesome and amazing. And if you are not one of these, for as little as $2 a month, you can be one of these people who get a shout-out on the podcast. Those people are as follows. Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans, Mr. Doug Crist of 37 Effects of the Jism podcast and the Masters of the Cinematic Universe, Mr. Hugh G. Rection. mr ben fletcher of fletcher pickups and mr brian gower of the tone jokes podcast i'm gonna burp there we go (laughs) Uh, (laughs) they're always better when you announce them indeed (laughs) yes it's like a fanfare isn't it um so if you want to catch me online i am the budget pedal chap you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube is the no, the the gnome. It is the gnome of the no <laughs> talk, <home> talk. <laughs> <laughs> Um the home of the no talk all tone series, which is featured pedals this week. I might, I might change the running order of. Some of our releases because I've I've received a slightly purple pedal this week, which I am very <laughs> excited to get demoed. Um, so I might I might the uh, the iSet Reverb might have to wait a week. Yeah,
1: push it back. Get get that out. Like, Indeed. surely people know what they when you when you say purple pedal and it's you. Indeed, <laughs> They understand yeah. what you're talking about. Just yeah, I I would get that on as soon as possible. A because. The sooner you get it there, the more relevant it's going to be. And B, because it is you in a box.
0: It, uh, it is. It is all all me, isn't it? <laughs> and weirdly enough, I've had it for about three days and I've not plugged it in yet. Why? Because it's an unspoilt box at the moment. Um, we'll buy a second one then. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> mount, <laughs> mount, mount it on a plinth. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first time that I've bought a second one of this pedal. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm at three already, so. But yes, it's probably a, probably a time to wrap up our podcast. Matt, <laughs> to find you online, people he- go heel underscore Matt Q.
1: Yeah, heel underscore Matt Q to Twitter and to Instagram. Um, and yeah, say hi.
0: Hi, Matt. Way, and that is that is where we're gonna end. Just cause we need to we, we need to stop. We need to stop podcasting. <laughs> uh, so, so from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chop. From Mr. Matt Quine. So bye Matt. Bye Matt. It, it will be a tatty bye and good night for this week.
1: Ta-ra a bit. Bye. 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 diddly, diddly, diddly.
0: Breaking news. Someone has collapsed on the London Eye. Paramedics say they are coming around slowly.
1: Whee! Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. (laughs) It is.